Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and your weakened knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. I ask this morning that you open our eyes to the wonders of it. God, that you take the poverty of my remarks and Holy Spirit illuminate each heart and mind as we have need today. I thank you, Lord, that um, though we come in with needs, though we come in with areas that we, we, we don't know what to do or we don't know what it looks like, you are able to illuminate that for us by your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit as we follow you. And I thank you for your truth today uh, that encourages us, builds us up and equips us uh, to go into this week and glorify you. And we thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to open with how we're going to end the service. Let you know how we're going to end the service today. Most of you know, if you don't know, it's a special day. Uh, This is Michaela's last Sunday with us. Uh, last official Sunday with us before she begins her service in the U.S. Navy. Uh, And so we are going to be uh, praying over her, blessing her. Uh, Gosh, we're proud of her and love her and thank God for all that he's done in her life. One day you'll get to hear the story of Michaela. Not today. She says she's not going to make a speech today. Uh, She was very clear on that uh, when I asked. Uh, And I knew that that might be the case. But man, she's such a sweetheart. And we're so thankful to have had her here since she was pretty small. uh, She's been around. um, And and so we think a lot of her. And we wanted to take that time. You know, we don't believe in, you know, people use this word. And it's not wrong to use this word, uh, releasing. We're going to release them, you know, to go to what's next. It's like, I don't like that. I want to, Jesus said, I kept all the ones that you gave me and I didn't lose a one. I don't, I, I, I like the word bless and send a, a little bit better. Uh, so that's what we're going to do today is bless her uh, and send her out. It's probably going to be a little emotional. Y'all already know me. Uh, I'm, I'm one that may cry just because. Uh, and, and so be, be prepared for that. But man, what a blessing. Uh, that'll be. And so I was, I was thinking and praying and studying. I said, Lord, what would be an encouragement? I've got Michaela for one last Sunday. What, what encouragement? She needs to hear so much, Lord. (laughs) She needs to hear so much, but I only got one. I've only got one. Lord, what can I share for Michaela? I wouldn't worry about any of y'all first. I was like, we'll worry about her first. I said, what can I take and put before her and her heart that it, that'll bless her and encourage her and kind of give her what she needs as she takes this next step. Of course, the mystery and the wonder of the word is what can be for her can also be for me, which can be for you. So don't leave. Uh, but but I believe that's what we have in Hebrews 12 and 12 today. And if you were with us last week, we ended, we've been in Hebrews 11 and then in 12 and we ended the service last week with 12 and 13. And I just hadn't been able to quit it since. I've been thinking about it all week and um, the, the, the Lord kept me there. And starting in verse 12, it says, therefore, and you know, when you're reading the word, when you're studying the word, when you're hearing the word preached, anytime they start out with therefore, you need to ask what, what is therefore? Therefore means because of what I just said or because of what I've already put in front of you, 
this. So, so he's calling us back to the context of what he had already shared here in Hebrews. Of course, it points at least back to the first part of chapter 12. It may refer back further than that. So what were we seeing in chapter 12? It was a call for endurance. It said, let, let us run this race that's set before us with endurance, right? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then last week, we saw that we're to do that even through difficulty, even through what we would call suffering. We're to follow him with endurance. And there's a specific way that we do that. He said, consider Jesus who endured such hostility from sinners so that you won't grow weary and give up. Consider Jesus so that you won't grow weary and give up. And what was the other thing he told us to not forget? Don't forget he addresses you as his children. He addresses you as sons. And of course, that doesn't leave out the ladies. That was a general term, but also meant you were included in the inheritance. He said, don't forget Jesus or you'll grow weary and give up. And don't forget that he calls you his children. That's how he addresses you. That's how he deals with you is as his children. And in verse 11, it said no discipline because it said he disciplines those that he loves. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time. Amen. But painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So this is the context. When you see that, therefore, it means call back to the context because otherwise you might miss something. If I just told you, therefore, I'm never going to see you again. You could take that all kinds of ways, couldn't you? Therefore, I'm never going to see you again. Well, what? Does he not like me? He's been kicking me out. I don't know what's going on. But if I start it, if you read back and hear me say, well, I'm moving to the North Pole. Therefore, I'm never going to see you again. You're like, okay, that makes sense. Now I've got the context. So when we see therefore, we want to refer back to that context. And it's therefore, strengthen your tired hands and your weakened knees and make straight paths for your feet. So it's given us two things to do there. This is not, when he says this right here, this is not a prayer to God Almighty. This is an instruction to those who would hear it, read it, and follow what it says. It's saying this is what you need to and ought to do. It's an instruction for us, teaching us to do something. And we'll see more of that if we continued on in chapter 12. We may, we may yet, as the Lord leads in the coming weeks, we'll see. We'll see more of do this so that. And the first thing he says is strengthen your tired hands and your weak knees. And this isn't a workout recommendation. It's an analogy. An analogy is when you take two things and compare them because they're similar so that you can learn more about each of them, right? So as an example, you can learn more about this by comparing it to this. Scripture tells us that physical discipline, physical exercise has some profit, that it's beneficial to us, but how much more when we discipline ourselves unto godliness, it has great gain because it has benefits not only in this life, but in the life to come. And that's in Timothy chapter four. And so he's using this analogy to teach us something about following Jesus. 
We can learn more about it by looking at some of the words that he uses. You know, I like to get into that sometimes. Well, what does this word mean? Because sometimes our English translation it isn't uh, a complete view of what's being said. And so when he says strengthen, strengthen your tired hands and your weakened knees. Strengthen means to reform something, to build it brand new, to build something anew or to set it up straight and right. So strengthen the hands that are tired, the hands that are weak, that are neglected, that are loose that have let go or that are exhausted. Strengthen the hands that are exhausted and the knees that are weak or are feeble or are suffering from the relaxing of nerves that are unstrung. You ever stood up and felt like your leg was unstrung? You didn't stand up long, did you? Strengthen the tired hands and the weak knees, the other one on that weak knees is tottering. And so he's given us this analogy and this picture of weakness, feebleness in the hands and in the feet. Think about tired hands. Think about weak hands. Can't hold on to anything. Can't hold on to anything. What you try to hold on to falls right, runs right through your hands like water and down to the floor. You can't hold on to anything. You can't hold on to peace. You can't hold on to joy. You can't hang on to the promises. You can't hang on to the responsibilities that he would give you in this life. But strong hands can hold on to the right things. Amen. And let go of the things that they don't need to hold on to. The interesting thing about us, we only got two hands. You can only hold so much. You've got to prioritize and he says, you're going to need strong hands to hold on to anything and to hold on to what's important. You're going to need strong hands to hold on to the right thing. And when you got your hands full of the right thing, guess what? When somebody tries to hand you something and you're holding something else, what do you say? Can't take that right now. Why? My hands are full. I've got my hands full right here. I can't take that. You're going to have to hang on to that. I've got my hands full right here. When we're holding on to the right thing and somebody brings up the wrong thing, what can we say? My hands are full. My hands are already full. I, don't, I can't hold what you're bringing. My hands are already full. And these weak and feeble knees, again, not physical. It's an analogy. But if you got weak knees, you can't stand at all. You can't stand when you need to stand. You can't step when you need to step. You're tottering, falling, and fallen. We're supposed to be people that can hang on to what needs to be held on to and can stand for what needs to be stood for. Amen? Strengthen the tired hands and the weak knees. Be a person that stands for godliness, goodness, righteousness in this life and in the lives of those around you. Man, that's a good encouragement. That's a good encouragement. But standing alone, this verse will hurt me. Standing by itself and just reading it by itself would hurt me. Because when I read it, what does it say? Stop being weak. Get stronger. Just do better. 
Be stronger than you are. Stop being weak. Stop being tired. That's why we read it in context, because just that by itself would be like, I'm already tired. You're telling me to be less tired? Like that's just a decision I can make to be stronger. If I could just make a decision to be stronger, I probably would already done it, right? But that's why we read it in context and that's why he started with therefore. So when he tells us to strengthen these weak and tired hands and these weak and feeble knees that can't hold, can't stand, and we need to get stronger, we need to know how it is that we do that. We need to know how it is that that comes about because just telling me what my need is, I already know what my need is. I know what my problem is. I need what? The answer. I need the answer. How do I get stronger? And again, remember last week, chapter 12 and verse 3. There's a lot of it in here, but what does it say right here? He said, consider Jesus. So that you won't grow weary and give up. And don't forget verses 5 and 7. He addresses you as sons. God is dealing with you as sons. So we need to get stronger. Yes, amen. Thank you for that, pointing that out. We need to get stronger. How do we do it? Again, many ways that you can pull from the scripture for you to get stronger. But right here, right here, it tells us it's by faith in Jesus and our family of faith around us. That is where we draw strength from. Looking at him, considering him, and knowing, understanding, and never forgetting that he addresses, and this is where it goes plural, he addresses you as sons. That I'm not in this by myself. I'm with him, he's with me, I am in Christ, and I'm also in that with all of you. I have my faith in Jesus And I have my family of faith. I see him and I see myself in Christ. And I see all the believers, the family of faith that he has constructed around me because of Christ. And what I see in both of those, what I see in Jesus and what I see in the family of faith is that it's all by faith so that it might be, Romans says, according to grace. Which means it doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter where I've been or where you've been. It's according to grace so that it might be accessible to all of us. And I want to read real quick Romans chapter 5. Because we're talking about strengthening the tired hands and the weak knees. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, I can't read the first four chapters of Romans for you, but... Therefore, means because it's by faith, because it's by faith that he has made the promise according to grace. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, But we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. And this hope does not, will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. He said, therefore, you have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Faith 
accesses the grace of God. Faith is the only thing that can believe in God's grace because it's so unbelievable otherwise. Faith accesses God's grace and that's where we stand and we rejoice even in difficulty because we know that it's producing endurance, proven character, and proven character producing hope. That strengthens us from the inside out to consider I'm standing in his grace that strengthens me because I didn't get there on my own. I don't stay there on my own. I am found and secured in him that strengthens me because I'm not by myself. He also said in Corinthians and we've heard this one too. Second Corinthians 12 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weakness so that Christ's power may reside in me. His grace that I'm standing in, how did I get there? By faith. Is sufficient for me. His strength is what's flowing into my hands. His strength is what's flowing into my knees. He's holding on to me so that I can, by the strength that I'm getting from Him and the grace that I'm standing in, hold on to what I need to hold on to. He's standing for me, ever lives to make intercession for me. Why? So that I can stand. And having done all to stand, that I can stand. So the encouragement is that you will feel alone. Remember that you're not. You will feel alone. At times you will feel alone. You have to remind yourself that you are not. That you are first in Christ and second in his body. You are not alone. He is present and so are we, the family of faith. That's why we gather together so that we can strengthen and encourage one another, that we can be reminded when you hear this, there's a reason we don't turn the music up so loud that you can't hear yourself sing or the people around you singing because we want you to remember and know that you are not here alone and that others are right next to you, lifting their voices up to the same Jesus that holds your heart. Okay, turn the page back. That's why we gather together. The two things that he told us to do, we've covered the first one, I think. Strengthen your tired hands and your weak knees. How do we do that? It's coming from him. You don't just dig strength up out of yourself. I've learned that. You don't rise to the occasion. That's a silly thing to say. Only thing you can do is fall back on what you've already filled yourself with, right? Which is an understanding of who he is, what he's done, and that he's holding me in grace. And that it's sufficient for me. Strengthen the tired hands and the weak knees. When you feel alone, remember that you're not. And then the second part, make straight paths for your feet. Make straight paths for your feet. Feet. Make, that's an active word to author something. You get to decide the direction. Make straight paths 
for your feet. Straight means not crooked. That's not complicated, right? Make straight, not crooked paths for your feet. There's a straight path and there's crooked paths. And that's what there is. There's a straight path and all the rest are crooked. You think about this, this track idea because it gave us that image of a runner on a track. That is straight. There's a good and right and God designed path for your life. Set your feet on it. Set your feet on it. And I love it. It's so that. Give us two things. Strengthen the tired hands and the weak knees. Why? So you can hold what needs to be held. You can stand for what needs to be stood for. Make straight paths for your feet. So that means something's going to happen when you do these things. Something's going to happen. Do these things so that what is lame might not be dislocated, but healed. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame might not be dislocated, but instead be healed. So again, if there's a formula there, you do one, you do two, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but be healed. Now here's something we have to acknowledge. We're all lame. We're all lame. I was thinking about how the kids will say that now. That's so lame. (laughs) This is so lame. But when you think of what are we saying, this is not, this is not working. This isn't beneficial. This isn't strong. This isn't good. Just like if, if your leg was lame, it wouldn't be doing what you needed it or wanted it to do. We are all lame. Our hearts from the inside. Even when we get saved, we still have a little bit of that lameness in us, don't we? That's why we have a need for sanctification. We believe that we have been justified, that if you stood before God Almighty today as a believer, he would say, not guilty, you're in Christ, come on in. And yet here, we still know that we deal with some of that lameness. And so we acknowledge our need for sanctification and we also acknowledge our agency and what we're supposed to be doing to help it. What we're supposed to be engaging in to bring us along. He said, set straight paths for your own feet. We're involved in our sanctification. We're involved in our recovery. Just like if we had had a medical procedure done They take care of us at the hospital. They may have appointments for us to come back. But guess what else they do? They give you a list of stuff you better be doing at home. Don't they? Sometimes a couple of pages. I went to the dermatologist and got two pages to take home. Why? Because he's saying you have a part in this. You can't just come here once a year or every six months and get everything that you need. You have a part in this. Walk this out day to day at home. I'll give you the list. He showed us what straight is, where the path is. Now he goes, baby, walk on the path. Walk on this path. We have a part in this, what's the result? If you don't engage and you don't do those things, look at what would happen, right? It says, do these things so that this will happen, but it tells you what will happen if you don't. 
it says, strengthen the tired hands and the weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed. What does that tell me? If I don't do anything, it's going to get worse. It's going to go from lame to completely turned out and dislocated, disjoining. He's saying, if you don't set the straight paths for your feet, it's going to get worse. But but I'm a believer. Set the straight paths for your feet or else it's going to get worse. Well, but I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. You are. And you're going to go through hell on your way there. Why? Because you wouldn't set the straight paths for your feet. Before we didn't even know what the straight paths were. But when he told us, we have to set the straight paths for our own feet every day. Every day. Or else, again, look, so that it can, if we don't do it, what's going to happen? It's going to get dislocated. It's going to be worse. Our experience is going to be worse. This not being able to hold on, this not being able to stand, it's going to get worse. But if we do, look at that. So that what is lame might be healed instead. You can't, you can't bring about the healing. But you can bring about the dislocation. He brings the healing when I'm on the path, the straight path for my feet with my strong hands and my firm knees that come from him. That brings about the healing in my life. I can't bring about the healing. I can't make the healing happen, but I can make the dislocation happen. What can I do? Set my feet on the healing path. I set my feet on the healing path. This is why we repent. And we call on Jesus because we can't do any of this at all without him. That goes back to the big grace idea that I hit on. We can't do any of it without him. Everything that I try to do in my own, it's just going to bring about dislocation. But we repent, call on Jesus. My sins are forgiven and I'm saved. And then his strength starts to flow into my hands so that I can hold on to what he tells me to hold on to. And his strength starts to flow into my feeble knees so that I'm able to stand on what he's told me to stand on and stand for what he's told me to stand for. And then I start to see this path developing out of his word that I've been walking in. And as I've been taught by the saints that have gone before me that there's a straight path for my feet. And as I commit and discipline myself to that path, I find that the lameness that I was experiencing in my heart, my soul, even in my body begins to be healed instead of further dislocated. Strengthen the tired hands and the weak knees and make straight paths for your feet. We walk in his word. We walk by the spirit. We walk by faith, seeing clearly. We walk with the saints. He's called us to follow him. He's called us to the path. But thank God he hasn't called us to it alone. We'll feel alone sometimes. We are not. We are not alone. We walk in those things so that what is lame, what still needs to be sanctified in us, may be healed instead of dislocated. And if we need that healing today, this is true for us right now. Not just Michaela, not just me, but for any who would come to him, it's true for you. It's true for you. If you had strong hands and strong knees and you let them get weak, guess what? He's here. 
And it's available to you today, just like it was available to you on the first day that you ever called Jesus. And it's true, again, not just for some of us, but for all of us. If you've been on the straight path, but you stopped setting your feet on it, and now it seems a little bit crooked, the straight path is still available. Repentance just means that I changed the way that I thought. That I thought I could not pay attention to it and everything would stay straight. Turns out that's not the case. God forgive me. Put my feet back on that solid ground. Return me to the rock. Pull me up out of that miry clay. No wonder I can't walk. I can't stand on anything firm. Put me back on that firm foundation in Christ. He's here to save us, strengthen us. Those hands that used to could hold but hadn't been holding, He wants them to hold again. And those knees that used to be able to lock in and, and stand, haven't done all to stand, stand, but have been letting go. He, wants, he said unstrung. I, I liked that word. I never thought about that, like of a joint or a ligament. That un, it, it's been unstrung. He wants to restring it. He wants to strengthen us. Again, not just, he'll heal your physical body. What we're talking about is everything else. It's more up here and right here. It's this analogy because our heart doesn't have hands, but we can understand it when you talk about, oh, it's like if hands, yes. That's what it's like, Stephen. And he will help us set those straight paths for our feet. Therefore, Strengthen your tired hands and your weak knees. This is our encouragement. Don't let them get weak. How do we stay strong? We stay constant on Jesus and in the family of God. Considering him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. That's verse three. And verse five is you've forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. Verse seven, God is dealing with you as sons. This is the part you have to see by faith. That he is there and he's done everything that he said he would do. And he's faithful. And he's called you, y'all, his kids. Not just one of us isolated by themselves, but us together. And that's why we walk this life Together, so that when I get discouraged, when I get weak, I don't get lost. But I get encouraged, I get built up, I get strengthened by the brothers and sisters in Christ. I get edified. Those church words, I get edified. What? I get propped up. When I'm having trouble standing, that they come along and go, just lean on me a little bit. I'm having trouble walking, my, my feet aren't sure underneath me. Here, take my arm. Strengthen your tired hands and your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but instead be healed. Strength coming from him, flowing from him, and he puts us on the right path. We just have to set it every day. Set it every day that that where you put my feet, I'm going to keep walking that one. 
I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be pulled away to the left or to the right. Why? Because I keep hearing you telling me which way to go. And you make straight paths for my feet. All I have to do is set my feet on them. Let's, let's say a prayer over this. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for the context of what you said, that we don't just hear your weak get stronger. You're doing bad, do better. But we hear from you that when we think on Jesus and all that he's done, when we consider him and all he's made available, that it's by faith that we have access into this grace in which we stand and we have peace between us and you, according to Romans 5. And so we don't have to worry about all of that, that we can stand in grace, that, I, that strength flows from that. And when we show up weak, you're not surprised. You've already made provision and you said your strength is made perfect in our weakness. I thank you that strength is flowing in to those metaphorical weak hands and tired knees right now in the name of Jesus. Because we understand where our strength is coming from. And when we've been strengthened, that you set straight paths for our feet. And we set our, we set our feet on that path every day, day in and day out. Refreshed by you, renewed in your presence, given strength where we were weak and wisdom where we were confused. I thank you, Lord, that you keep us on the path. I thank you for your great and precious promises today. And Lord, I thank you that you're available. If we've let go, that you're available to help us grab hold again. If we've let go that you haven't, and you're able to hold us. Lord, forgive us for, for thinking we could do it on our own, that we'd be strong enough. And life taught us different. We have such a need for you and for the body of Christ that you've placed us in. And I thank you that we will cherish it, rejoice in it with that inexpressible joy in Jesus' name.